Hello, I'm Matt Ruglis, and welcome to episode 5 of my Cimarron 1872 podcast, where I read the letters that my great-great-grandfather, Henry Tinson, wrote. This letter includes writing that goes over other text and at right angles to it. This was a common practice to save paper. But it does make the letter difficult to read. I've tried to make the best sense of it that I can, but I will have to skip some illegible sections. The letter is also incomplete, and there's no signature on the last page that I have. Java House, January 7. Dear Harold, I wrote to your grandmama on November 10th and enclosed a $10 bill as a birthday present for her. I should like you to inquire of her if she received them and let me know in answer to this and how they are. On Tuesday evening we were just getting tea and a faint ring at the hall door was heard. To our surprise there was Arthur Fletcher. He thought our house looked so grand and quiet he did not like to venture a loud ring. He is just the same decked-up, self-important person as ever, and I don't like him, though he said our house was the best in the place, and seemed astonished to see it so well. I wished good luck, such a happy occasion, cakes on the tea-table, he has something indecipherable. I rather he did not sleep here. His hotel, about four houses, walk up, and there your father went to the hotel with him, and fetched the delightful beer, packed so carefully by Jeanette. I can assure you it gave us a great deal of pleasure to each other and all the week long to share the treasures come from England. The girls are pleased with the music. It does make them long for the new piano, which will be here in about four weeks' time. It takes longer for a packet of goods to come from Denver than it would take me to come to see you. Something indecipherable are not here. I think they share some of the first on your books that went round the corner. If I remember, they went with your cane cabinet. I hope you will send them your music book. More indecipherable sentences. I shall try and write to her, but I have so much to do all the week that I cannot go out for a walk. If we liked, we could have as many more borders than what we have, but it is enough and it is very profitable. We were asked once, to have the clergyman and his wife. But to have one American lady I would not, for they do nothing but sit in a rocking chair and eat candy all day long. They are afraid of using their hands. Our little Mexican boy learns English so fast. And then another indecipherable sentence. The girls all went to Elizabethtown on Tuesday to a ball. They have to go over a very bad road thirty miles but they think it was jolly fun. Another indecipherable sentence. A carpenter, a Mr. White, who lives near our house, gave Edith a lot of white and gold... something. China. Four dollars and a half. They are very pretty, and the friends gave her another one for a Christmas present. She grows a nice little girl. The last news are that Wiseman the Butcher is turned publican, and I want to see one of the biggest barrels of English... And that's all I've got. I think there's a page missing. Several local characters are mentioned in this letter. Mr White, the carpenter, and Mr Wiseman, the butcher. If you look at my Instagram account, 
at Cimarron underscore 1872 underscore podcast, you'll find a contemporary painting of Cimarron together with an annotated drawing, and you will see that both White's and Wiseman's houses marked. Henry's daughter Edith, who's also mentioned, was eight years old. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to be sure of not missing an episode, and maybe leave a review. Thank you.